Amen. Well, welcome once again to worship this morning at the Way, uh, our annual praise fest. My name is Andy Rogers, and uh, I'm humbled to serve alongside Pastor Ann here. And uh, if you happen to be new with us today, we want you to know that you're always welcome to be a part of this community called the Way, where we seek to introduce people to Jesus Christ by sharing in hope, living with purpose, for the sake of others. Amen. Amen. Well, y'all uh, find a shady spot because it's a little hot out here today. I want to share a few words with you, but I want to start with this. You know, nearly 250 years ago, the colonies here in America made a bold declaration, didn't they? And in that Declaration of Independence, these words were found. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal, that we are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And though imperfect still, I believe that this country is still a great nation. And I am one that is humbled and proud to call it my home and that I am one of its citizens. And I have to be honest with you, I'm indebted and grateful for those that have sought and fought to preserve and protect and expand the freedoms that we have in this country. Because when you look around the world, when you look on the news, you realize that there are many parts of the world today that do not have the freedoms that we have. But that's not why we gathered this morning, is it? We haven't gathered as a people of a nation, but we've gathered as a people in pursuit of a kingdom that's not of this world. We gather in praise of a God that created this world. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. So as bold of, of a declaration as that was some 250 years ago, I want to speak to yet a bolder declaration. A declaration that Jesus himself made. And as we've been exploring this summer, we're going to continue. This is one of those red letter statements that has some people asking, maybe all of us, did he really say that? And so turn with me to John's Gospel. I'm going to turn to a conversation he had in the upper room with his disciples. Let me read this for us today. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back. And take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. But Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. And from now on, you do know him. And you have seen them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, thanks be to God. God. Would you pray with me this morning? First of all, I just thank you for the freedom we have to gather out here openly today. I thank you for the praise team leading us in song and in worship of you this morning. And while it's a little hot, Lord, we'll take that opportunity to gather. So, Lord, I pray that your spirit would be able to move openly and freely this morning as we continue in worship and in pursuit of you. It's in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. Amen. So I have a question for you this morning. Have you ever doubted or had someone call into question what you believe? 
I know I have, and I imagine I'm not alone. I imagine many of us, if not all of us, have had something or someone that has called into question what we believe. You know, unforeseen circumstances of our lives and those that hold different views and worldviews than us can challenge, if not lead us to question what we believe. And, and some of us perhaps even are led to the place of, does it even matter what we believe? You ever found yourself in that uncertain place, searching for what's next, what's the way forward? Well, that's where I believe that we find Thomas. Thomas is one who is unsettled and uneasy, and we find him asking a question of Jesus, only he's not the only one asking questions. If you look just before this, you find that Peter has a question for Jesus, and you look just after this, and Philip and Judas have questions for him. They all have questions because of what Jesus has just done and what he is saying to them as they gather in an upper room of a house in Jerusalem to celebrate that Passover meal. That celebratory reminder of how God had delivered their ancient people, the ancient Hebrews, from slavery in Egypt. And they had come to believe that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the one to come and kick butt and kick the Romans out and to reset up the rule of the Jews and Israel as it once was. Only Jesus isn't pointing to taking the throne. He's pointing to being dragged up a hill, to be laid and nailed to a cross and hung high. And they're struggling to grasp this reality. Their framework as to who Jesus is and what he was about is shaken to the core. You see, as, as a teacher, if you look just a few verses before, we find Jesus did the unthinkable thing. He bent down and he washed his disciples' feet. Now, I don't know about y'all, but it's hot and sweaty out here. Any of y'all want me to do a foot washing this afternoon? We got one, all right. Maybe one, all right? But not only has he done that, in the midst of telling them that he's about to go away, he's also pointed to them and said, one of you is going to betray me. And another one, in fact, Peter, you're going to deny me, not once, not twice, but three times before the sunrise and the rooster crow. You talk about finding your place in a place of uncertainty and unsettledness. That's where we find the disciples. That's where we find them in this moment. They aren't sure where Jesus is headed, nor where it will lead them. And it's with this uncertainty that Thomas, and we've dubbed him the doubter, but Thomas asks us a fair question, doesn't he? He asked the question, Lord, we don't know where you're going. What? How do we know where to go? And I don't know about you, but when we find ourselves in those uncertain times, we often ask ourselves, what is the way out? What is the way forward, don't we? Well, that's exactly where we find them. And so Jesus responds to Thomas's question by proclaiming, I am the way and the truth and the life. And he goes on further and he, he has audacity to say, no one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Well, that's a bold claim by Jesus, isn't it? It was bold then and it's bold, dare I say, today. So much so that those that seek to follow Christ, those that, that uphold to who he is, often find themselves also being challenged by this declaration. You see, often, often in, in embracing this claim of Christ, followers of Christ are accused of being narrow-minded. Or as I read recently, sometimes we are called being, uh, being spiritual racists by claiming that Jesus is the way rather than simply one of many ways to God. 
And let's be honest, after all, you know, who can have a claim on truth or what group can lay claim to there being only one way to God? Humans are finite, right? Humans are fallible, right? You're looking at one. And humans are opinionated, right? Got one wearing a Clemson shirt over here, right? Well, he's got an animal on top of that. <laughs> you see, often when you think of it from a human lens, you can think that that's an arrogant statement. But this isn't Matthew. This isn't Mark. This isn't Mary. This isn't Martha. This isn't Peter. This isn't Paul. This isn't any of those people making this claim about Jesus. Rather, this is Jesus himself making a claim about himself. And if Jesus is the Son of God, if Jesus is God in flesh, well, then that changes everything about this statement that Jesus has made. Because if Jesus is God, then this is a divine statement by the divine being who can say with certainty whether there's one or many gods or whether there's one way or multiple ways to be in relationship with him. So here we find Jesus in the upper room with his followers. And he begins by saying, I am. I am. This is the echo of God earlier when he spoke to Abraham and saying, I am. This is the echo of the God earlier that told Moses when Moses said, who am I to say is sending me to help deliver those people from Egypt? And God said, I am who I am. And here we find Jesus responding to Thomas with I am. But this isn't the first time they've heard it. Because if you look throughout the whole of the Gospel of John, we find that Jesus has already declared, I am the bread of life. And whoever believes in me will never go hungry. We find that he says, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows after me will never walk in darkness. We find him declaring that he is the gate through which we can enter, that he is the shepherd, and he will lay down his life for his flock. We also find him declaring that I am the resurrection and the life, and then he goes on and does the unbelievable. He raises Lazarus from the dead. Praise be to God. Amen. And so Thomas, this is the first time he's heard of the I am. This isn't the first time he's heard Jesus declare a bold statement, and in this case he declares... I am the way and the truth and the life. You see, sometimes when we get confused, when we're looking for the path forward, we're looking for a destination. We're looking for a direction, right? We're looking for the steps. Just tell me what next step to take. Any of y'all ever have that? Would you just tell me the next step? Only what we find is that Jesus isn't pointing to a path and he's not pointing to a destination. He's pointing to a person. And he's pointing to a relationship. A relationship with God made possible through Him and what He's come to do. You see, who we believe Jesus to be really indeed matters. I love the way C.S. Lewis puts it. C.S. Lewis is a is a, a devout Christian and he wrote prolific writings in the 19, 19, well, 1900s. But if you look back, I want to go back later than that, but that's not true. He was also an, an ardent atheist early in life. And he had a Saul to Paul kind of conversion. And he had this to say when he came to the reality of who Jesus truly is. And he says this. I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher. But I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He'd either be a lunatic on the level of a man who says he's a poached egg, 
or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You see, what we believe of Jesus matters, doesn't it? Jesus, in making that declaration, I am the way and the truth and the life, it's a bold statement. It's a bold reality. It's one that counters other faith beliefs and systems that point to a human effort to reach God, and it's only in Jesus that we find God reaching down to engage with His creation, to walk among us, to show us the way of love, to show us the way of forgiveness, to show us the way back into a relationship with the God who created us. And so often culture takes issue with the claim that Jesus is the way. But, you know, but rather than debate whether he's the way or a way, the question I've always wondered when I read this declaration of Jesus is, why would God create a way in the first place? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Why would God create a way in the first place? What have you, what have I, what have we done to deserve a way back into a relationship with God? But you know, that declaration of independence is something we found in the garden incident. It's humanity, we declared our independence from God. And we sought life and we sought liberty and we sought that pursuit of happiness apart from God. And every one of those paths, every one of those pursuits apart from God doesn't lead to those things, does it? In many ways, the liberty that we desperately need is one not from a king or from a monarch or, or anything else. It's from the tyranny of sin in our lives that we allow to enter in. And this is what Jesus, the very Son of God, came to do, is to make a way when there was no other way. To make a direction forward for all of us to take. To walk into the true liberty. To walk into the freedom of life that God created and desires for each and every one of us to have. And to experience a true happiness, dare I say even deeper, a joy that is found in walking with God and God alone. You see, what we believe does indeed matter. Jesus is either the way or he's not. You see, the gospel of Jesus Christ is totally exclusive. And honestly, some people get offended by that. And I understand this in our modern ears. But what we fail to see when we think of that as offensive or those that hear that and think that's offensive is that while the gospel is totally exclusive, it is radically inclusive. Jesus died on that cross for everyone and for anyone. And anyone who will place their trust in him will begin to walk in the way and the truth and the life that God has for them and wants for them. You see, if you believe this, it changes you. It changed those disciples. It changed that doubting Thomas and Peter and Philip and Judas and all of those that had questions in that upper room when they went and they followed him to the cross and they saw what Jesus had done, when they realized that he indeed had risen from the grave, when he filled them with his presence, with the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, well, it changed their lives. And they began living in a way compelled to sharing the way with everyone and anyone they met. Even to the point of risking their life. You see, they got something that many of us perhaps need to grasp. Is that we cannot find that life and liberty 
independent from God, but rather dependent upon Him and the love that God has for us all. So did Jesus really say, I am the way and the truth and life? Well, I can stand here today and say that I believe firmly and wholeheartedly that He indeed did declare this. I don't doubt this because I've begun to walk and experience this. He's changed my life. And if it weren't so hot out here, I'd spend another 30 minutes telling you about it. But I must bear you that. But if you, yeah, right? But if you want to hear how Jesus has changed my life, find me and allow me to come talk with you. I will go grab a biscuit, iced tea, and an AC sometime. But here's the deal. You see, to embrace the forgiveness that Jesus has, to embrace the love that he has for you and the call to love others, I think also leads us to lay claim to the declaration he makes about himself, who he is. And what he has come to offer, that he indeed has come to offer a way when there was no other way. To speak truth into the lies that we fought into. And to offer us a life that is beyond measure. See, that's what I've come to know about Jesus. It's not only who he is, but who he sees me as. I'm a sinner. Can I get an amen to that? But I'm saved by grace. Can I get a double amen to that? How about you? You see, if we take Jesus at his word, and I think we're being called to go live out his call to go and to share with others who are lost, who are seeking, who are questioning, who are wondering if there is ever a way out of the mess they find themselves in, because indeed there is a way. His name is Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me? Merciful Father, I thank you. I thank you that you made a way when there was no way. I thank you that when we think we're entitled to a way, we're not, and yet you make one possible for us. I thank you that you don't path, send us to a path and a destination, a set of rules or checklists that we have to pursue, but rather a person and the relationship we can have with Jesus. So Lord, I pray for all of those gathered here today. Those of us that have begun to walk with Jesus, Lord, would you speak to us more deeply, more profoundly this morning as to the fact that you will continue to lead us in the way toward life and truth. And for those that perhaps don't know him this morning, God, maybe today is a day that we would open our hearts and minds to receive him today. Lord, you are the way. You are the truth. You are the life that we all desperately seek for. May we give you praise for making it possible. It's in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, I pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen.